So what? We watch anime. So what? We play League. We're just having fun. We don't care who sees. So what? We stay in. It don't bother me. Living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reet Entertainment Podcast, episode 122 for October 1st, 2017. My name is Nathan Reet and Spruth, and joining me this week, we have Earl Grey Third. Hello, everybody. We have Parallax, Jerry, Abstraction, Cochrane, you. Yo, what's up? <laughs> and we have uh, Connor, Cyberpunk Monk, Besh. If you want to go and take a ride with me, we three wheeling in the foe with the go with these. And Andrew yes. Rowan McBain. Bueno. <laughs> uh, great, great. Hola. Anyway, let's get started with what games we've been playing. And we're going to talk to first uh, Parallax Abstraction because you did something yesterday to raise money for little kids. <laughs> uh, indeed. So, uh, yeah, the we had a... Uh, stream relay yesterday for extra life so two of the mixer stream teams i work with the shed and gamers without labels did a uh uh yeah 24 hours every streamer took a two-hour block so we uh we did that yesterday we raised well over a thousand dollars which is way more than we expected and uh i'm halfway towards my own uh my first stretch goal for this year so i'm at a i'm at over 500 bucks now which is just freaking amazing at this point um, so, but yeah, for my block yesterday, I played something that I wanted to, uh, I, I'd had code for, for quite a while, which is this game called late shift, which is actually a modern FMV game. Um, I played the last FMV game by this company, which was called the bunker last year, which was, I got it specifically because I was like, Oh, an FMV game. This is going to be a hilarious 90 style train wreck. And, uh, the bunker was actually really, really good. It actually really surprised me. This game is the big thing with this game was that it was supposed to be in a similar vein, but it has telltale style sort of choices you can make in it. Whereas the bunker was a very li uh, linear thing. Um, this feels much more like a nineties FMV game, except with, you know what you can get out of modern cameras and video technology. Uh, the story is hilariously cheesy. The acting's terrible. The writing's terrible, but it's all in a so bad. It's funny kind of way. Um, I actually would have been happy even if I paid for, I, if I didn't get code for it and I paid the full, I think it's $15 asking price for it. I actually still would have enjoyed it because it's, uh, just for that reason. But uh, I played through that yesterday and that was, yeah, that was interesting. Uh, I have a clip up on my YouTube channel of the most unintentionally hilarious part of the game that completely made me lose my shit on stream, which was, uh, which is pretty good. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, so that yeah, was fine for what it was. Uh, and this past week, I also played and beat Observer, which is a uh, game made by the company who made Layers of Fear. Uh, it's a n mostly narrative-driven um, sort of psychological horror game. It's not really... It has jump scares in it, of which I captured several of them. But it's not generally made to be jump scary. It's designed to more screw with your head. But the reason I played it, even though I hate horror games, is because it is drenched in cyberpunk. Um has a very Blade Runner-esque style uh, setting to it. And that made it totally worth it. It was... Uh, the the aesthetic and the look in that game is unmatched. It was incredible. 
Uh, so I really uh, had a good time with that. The storytelling in it kind of dives into some interesting like existential questions and stuff, which I think Soma did much better. Um, but the world that that creates is just incredible. Also, it has your main character is voiced by Rutger Hauer, who hams the living shit out of everything uh, in a way only Rutger Hauer can. Uh, that was really cool. So, uh, yeah, that was, that's been really good. Uh, I played some lawbreakers and some PUBG yesterday. Lawbreakers was free this weekend. Oh, uh, right. Right. Playing that, playing that, I can say it is actually a damn shame that that game came out when it did and has such a crappy community because crappy community as in very small player base, because, uh, when you play it for a bit, it's actually a really, really well-made shooter that does a lot of things. No other game does, uh, but I, it's gonna have because of people like me, it's gonna have the same problem, which is that I said this is really cool. I'll pay for it if the community sticks around, and everybody's gonna say that because no one wants to be the guy who buys it first, and the community will probably tank again. So you know that's how that goes. And then yeah, we got repeatedly slaughtered in PUBG last night. It was pretty embarrassing, actually. That but, that uh, happens all the time, from what I hear. You also played Divinity: Original Sin, didn't you? I did. I started that. So a crew of uh, of other Mixer streamers, uh, well, one of them is local to me. He lives about 10 minutes away. And he said, hey, we're going to try this. Do you want to get in on a four-player co-op game? Because OG Sin 2 added four-player co-op. The first game only had two-player. And I was oh, like, well, it's expensive. It. Unless you hacked it, but it actually broke a lot of stuff, apparently, if you did that. So... I was like, yeah, all right, it's expensive, but every, you know, OG Sin 2 has like a 95% rating on Steam, so I was like, and everybody is saying, if you want an old school hardcore RPG, this is what you want to do. Yeah. Uh, So I went, okay, sure, what the hell? So I bought into it, and I played it with with three other guys. Um, One of them knows the game systems well, so he kind of guided us on building a good party. I didn't realize until after our session that he's actually got us playing on Tactician, which is the second highest difficulty. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We never died once. We had few party members die and had to resurrect, but we never gamed over, even though we went into two different combat sequences, one of which involved exploding turtles, which was a hell of a thing, and the other of which involved fighting enemies that we shouldn't have been at yet. (laughs) I want want to thank you and Aroa for inviting me to play this game. Well, I wasn't the one in charge of the party, so unfortunately it wasn't up to me. But no, it's good. We're going to be probably be making that. Me and uh, Caustic, uh, which is the guy sort of who spearheaded it, are probably going to be making a fairly regular thing of it. We're going to try to do it on Fridays, but we have to get everyone's schedules to line up. But that's when we're going to try to do it. Um, it is an old school CRPG in all the ways that old school gamers like me like. It is incredibly hard. Uh, there are a million things you can do. And just as many things you can miss uh, if you're, you know, if you're not super thorough. Um, But the fact that they actually, the thing I love about those games is there was multiplayer back in the day in games like Baldur's Gate and stuff like that. But it was very half-assedly implemented and never really worked. This game's really cool in that, like, you can have certain conversations where the entire party basically votes on their reaction. And it sort of determines what to do from there. And if a player initiates a conversation, you can just click on one of the two people involved and you can fall. You can't control the conversation, but you can follow it uh, and sort of see what's being said and what choices are being made. And it's really, really clever. And they make it so that you can send items between 
the different players in the party with just a mouse click. Like you can just say, send this item here. You don't have to like go up to the person and click on them. It's just all done in the inventory screen. It's, uh, it's really smart. And, uh, I never got to play the first original sin, even though I backed it. Uh, but, uh, this looks really awesome. And, uh, yeah, it's going to be hilarious because one of the things the guy at caustic said is he said, listen, streaming games like original sin just straight up is boring as hell because they're very slow. So we have to role play our characters. Oh, right, right, uh, right. So we have to make the choices that our characters would and not the choices that we would make. And also whenever our characters are saying something in a conversation, we have to try to act it out. And it's hilariously terrible. I, I bet. I bet that is really bad. The guy, who's hosting the, the guy who's hosting the server for us is playing a lizard person and he came up with a lizard person voice. It's something else. <laughs> See, I don't do, I'm bad at voices, so. Uh, so am I, but yeah. I kind of try, I, I'm playing a melee tank and I kind of talk like Kronk. Oh, right, right. <laughs> so, See, yeah. See, that sounds it's cool. It's a great time, though. That sounds good. I, I have it on uh, Good Old Games, GOG. Which is why I have it. Uh, which is, yeah, because uh, Aro wants yeah. to play with me. That's why he has it on Good Old Games. Uh, you can do a direct connection. You, It's not linked to the Steam uh, stuff, no. but but you can still play with people who have the Steam version. You just have to do it a different way. Yeah, so. you can't use like Steam Works matchmaking or invite to game functionality. But if you direct it, yeah, you can. Yeah. Anyway, uh, let's move on to a row. What games have you played this week? Well, I also played the hell out of Divinity Original Sin two, <sighs> and I did play the original one. And oh man, like. They they took the fact that everyone loved the four player mod and just like j- just just exploded everything out based on that concept because like um when I was following the development of it they talked about the fact that like certain aspects of the storyline play off of the fact that you're all in in a party and you're all actual people so like like they they put you in situations where you're in conflict with each other, and especially if you're if you're actively role playing, uh, it's fucking just ah, it's so fun. Like like last night, um, the my buddy John and I uh, were were playing, and we went into this arena place, and uh, whenever we talked to the lady to go into the arena, we thought that it was going to take both of us in at once, and it only took him. So he went through, did the arena, and lost. So then I talked to the lady, and I wasn't paying attention to the dialogue, and I just skipped through it. And the next thing I knew, we were both in the arena fighting each other. Nice. Uh, so huh. then we, that was how we determined that I am insanely more powerful than he is. <laughs> because I'm playing um, a sort of new playstyle which is a summoner like they had summoning abilities in the first game but they weren't very good um and in in 2 it's much more of a like you have you have a little demon guy that you summon and then you power him up and like that's the summoner class thanks and for thanks for inviting me aroa I- <laughs> <laughs> I have but the game and you guys suck. I That's know. what I'm saying. You you gave me the game. I know. Yeah. 
That's the shitty <laughs> thing. I gave you the game, and then you're like, That's I'm going to go play joke. with John. <laughs> anyway. But, yeah, it's, See, Nathan, yeah. if you got me more games, then we could really enjoy some role-playing fun. That, yeah, we could enjoy role-playing fun. I'd see Connor and Aroa playing hey, uh, together. Hey, hey, speaking of which, why aren't we playing D&D tonight? Just not feeling it? Uh, the, after, the thing we were talking about in the previous uh, conversation beforehand... Mm-hmm. Uh, that was that was the reason. I don't think I I feel like sitting down for that long. Yeah. So I, guess, I mean, I guess that's an alright excuse. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I yeah. Anyway, um, were you playing anything else this week, Aroa? Maybe Friday the thirteenth. Yeah, I played Friday the thirteenth last night. Stab, you stabbing your stabbing your friend Reeton in the back. Yep. Yeah. Um. um. I also got back into uh, OS, or OSU, oh, oh, as yeah, most yeah. people call it. OSU. Um, and Oregon yeah. State University. You went to Oregon State University. I'm proud of you. Yeah. Um, man, it's just a uh, good time. I wish that OS mania wasn't, uh, wasn't so half-assed and very much reliant on playing on a keyboard, because I'd love to have a... Uh, a replacement, well, a supplement to DJ Max on PC that isn't trilogy. Um, I from what I understand, playing on a tablet actually is pretty good, or a Surface works really well. I um, I have a drawing tablet that I've been using for it, and yeah, it's pretty fantastic. But I do, I do wish that like I had a big Android tablet or something like that because there is a mobile app. Uh, you could get what's called you could get a Cintiq. They're only like twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I could totally do that. Um, uh-huh. Or a good old Wacom. Uh, yeah, <laughs> wait, Wacom? Yeah. No, they're called Wacom, but I call them what? Wacom because it's hilarious. I thought, I thought Cintiq is a, is a Wacom tablet, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, maybe it is, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Their, it's their series that it mirrors what's on your screen, like, on the actual tablet, so you're drawing directly. It's oh, a, yeah. No, no, it's a monitor. That's all it is. Oh, it's it, a, is it a straight-up monitor? Yeah, it's a touchscreen monitor. Uh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Anyway, uh, yeah, the let, surface has kind of killed off that market, right? I, I mean, uh, businesses still use it quite a bit. Oh, you could get the uh, the Surface Studio or whatever it's yeah. called. Oh, yeah, the big, ass, would, the, yeah, the big ass monitor. Yeah. I would actually be so interested in having one of those. Would, I, yeah, I would I, too. I, what, I just not, like to screw around with one. Yeah, yeah, they're just so expensive because I yeah. like the little dial thing. I think that's really neat. It is. Yeah, it is neat. Oh, I think you could use that with uh, the Surface, like the family of products, not just the Surface Studio. Yeah, oh, pretty maybe. Cool. Why would I? Why right. would I get a regular Surface for that? I I happen to like my Surface. I but why would I get one? Uh, uh, to play us. Uh, uh, <laughs> like to play Osu to to do some drawing. Yeah, to I do uh, so much drawing after all. I don't yeah. know. You you said you have an application for it. I thought maybe. I have a I have a tablet. Oh wait, yeah, a Wacom you, tablet. Yeah, you own hardware to do this thing. Is that was it just yep. an impulse purchase? Uh, I actually got it uh, for free. Cause, oh, okay. Uh, my sis- my sister in law got a new one, and like I've actually had one for a long time. But a uh, I got I got the uh, UDraw tablet. Um, oh man, I remember ago. those. Yeah. <laughs> I got it for like twelve bucks at Best Buy or something like that. It was like a clearance item. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And I got it specifically to play Os with. So, 
uh, it's kind of come full circle. Good, good. So anyway, let's move on to Connor. What games have you been playing this week? Oh man, I, I gotta tell you, I've been I've been experiencing the video game drought of 2017. It's been bad. I've been going through so many games trying to find something that'll just hold my interest until, geez, I guess Shadow of War is the next interesting game coming out. Yeah, Shadow yeah. Of I, I've had a hard time finding, trying to keep myself from playing too many things. I've had so much say. grabbing my interest this year that my backlog is terrifying. I, I agree. Is, I, was, really I thought he was being sarcastic for a moment. Yeah, I don't. Know, I, just, I mean, it's I'm not excited about it, obviously, but yeah, sure. The uh, problem is Connor. Connor plays RPGs and it's like it. Well, no, he plays Overwatch. He plays some first-person shooters. Titanfall's another one. I'm um, playing Dishonored right now. That's yeah. kind of a first-person game. It's a first-person like kind of I, RPG. I'd say Dishonored's pretty RPG. Yeah, yeah. He is literally playing that right now. By the way, yeah, like during the stream, because he's a I, terrible, I, I, terrible person. I'm playing off during during the podcast. So. <sighs> like I'm here because Nathan needs a person on a couch. I basically live to be Andy Richter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I don't pay you. That's fine. Someday you will. One day, one day, maybe I'll, I'll do a review that I said I'd do once upon a time, and Nathan will be like, "Well, I guess I just got to give him all my money now." All of it, every penny. And uh, it's podcasting. Anyway, let's. Yeah, this is great radio. You didn't do, and you know, actually, before we before we go off and ask Earl what games he has played, I was listening to a podcast uh, by Jim Cornette, who is an old wrestling personality, and. He's a professional podcaster. He makes, like, his whole job right now is doing podcasts and making money off of it. And I was listening to it on the way to work, and I was like, man, the audio quality is shit. I know, right? Like, there's so many big podcasts that sound like balls. <laughs> and True. I was like, come on, my podcast, we get, like, maybe 10, 15 uh, downloads a week, and yet... Our audio is amazing compared to what they sound like. Well, you know, I could I, I could fix that for you real quick if you if you really want to have. I mean, that's what they, they sound like half the time that they're talking. Audio problems. Yeah, like, like, what the fuck? In this episode How? of the Written Entertainment Podcast, we rip on all other podcasters, <laughs> all of like those who are more successful than enjoyed. we are. They are at, pretty much everyone who podcasts is more successful than we are. So, but there's I feel that. like a lot of those people they don't make their name from just being podcast people. They like had a job beforehand and then got lazy, kind of well, like most popular. Well, like Game Grumps, you know, yeah, where like they wouldn't be anything if not for the fact that Aaron was Ego Raptor. Yeah, and. Yeah. And they have a, like, like Jim Cornette was a rest, like he was a wrestling personality, so he has a pretty big following, and there a lot of them are getting into Stone Cold Steve Austin has a podcast, and so just all these people are going in and doing podcasts, and they're not doing any of the editing or anything. They're probably having a company do the editing, and the company's like, ah, we don't care, we'll just put it out. We're gonna get a bunch of hits anyway, so. Yep. Whatever. One day, one day, Reed Entertainment will become moderately successful. Don't lie to the users <laughs> like that. Not nice. One day. Anyway, we're moving on to Earl Grey the Third. What games have you played this week? This is a long section. 
Well, I am uh, working on whittling down my backlog, as I have been doing for quite some time now. So I have three games that I played this week. Three? The first is three, yes. I finally finished uh, SD Gundam G-Generation Genesis on the PS4, which is a strategy RPG slash giant robot type game. And then I started up Sonic and Sega All-Stars Racing Transformed on the Vita. That's such a good game. I I had heard good things about it, and I gotta say, I'm very impressed. Yeah, I like it more than Mario Kart. Me too. It's been so long since I played a Mario Kart. I've never played it, but I've heard it's good. Totally worth playing. Yeah. Did I did I buy that game for you, Parallax Abstraction? Possibly. I think you have it. I think I did. I think I did buy it for you. I should check and download that. If so, yes. Yeah. (laughs) I'm really impressed by how well done uh, the game is. Yeah, I was sort of wary because I'm not a huge fan of kart racers that have uh, water aspects because they can usually mm. get one of the two physics engines right. You know, like wave race is fine uh, and uh, jet moto, all that stuff. Those are fine because they put all their effort into the water physics. However, sometimes I find in other kart racers, once it switches over, it, it's not fluid. No pun intended. <laughs> but um but this does a really good job of that. So yeah. I was very impressed with that. And uh, I'm looking forward to playing more of that. The last game, uh, sorry to end on a down note, I am thinking about abandoning altogether. It is a game called Akiba's Beat on the PS4. That's not a, surprising. It, mm. Well, Akiba's Trip was so much fun. And I was going to say, it's, it's, oh, okay, okay. it's in that vein. Yeah, well, it's the same developer. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's the sequel. Yeah, kind of. Sort of. Yeah. It's it's the follow-up. Sure, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Akiba's beat was, uh, I'm sorry, Akiba's trip was so much better than it had any right to be. And uh, was a good translation, uh, decent premise, you know, mediocre combat, but everything else made up for that. Akiba's beat, I've got to say, regrettably, the most soulless RPG I've played in maybe 10 years. Wow. Like... Ooh. Yeah, it's just that's that's the problem with it. It's soulless. The combat isn't bad. You know, it's a uh, a real time RPG type thing, uh, and the dungeons are kind of like personas, where you can see the monsters and you can attack them from behind and all that stuff. But it's as if they took all the notes on how other games in that vein function, without taking any notes on why they draw people to them. So, you know, I, I hate to say it, it uh, because I try and, you know, give odd niche titles their full run, but I finished the first two dungeons and I am really struggling to find a reason to play anymore when I have other games in my backlog that I've been looking forward to more. Well, so, yeah. Does the game, does the game still take place in Akibahara? It does. Like- it does. And, like, this, but. There are odd little issues. Like, did you play Akiba's Trip at all? I, I played it for a few hours, and okay. I, but I only rented it, so I didn't finish it. But Sure. That's enough, though. Because, like, in Akiba's Trip, all the stores are actual uh, Akihabara stores. Yeah, like, that, that was what was, like, the big the draw for it. Right, and I played that before I'd ever gone to Japan. And uh, last April, I went there, and when I went to Akihabara... I uh, I got off that train station and I was like, oh my gosh, they did such a good job because I was recognizing stuff in real life from the game. And I was like, wow, this is really impressive. 
So it uses more or less the same map. It's not the same engine, but it's the same map. Obviously, it's the same area. And now that I remembered parts of it, uh, because it's just that main drag at Akihabara, like I was looking at stuff and it's a little thing, but all the stores are like parodies of what was there. And so they didn't bother licensing the names. They didn't bother license anything. Most of the storefronts are relatively blank. It's a little thing, but all of the NPCs are just silhouettes. Like, that's it. They're just either pink or blue silhouettes walking around, or usually standing around. And stuff like that makes a difference. You know? Yeah. They, they're they all just placeholders. I, it's very unfortunate. And I know it's a nitpick, but the character portraits, when they talk, they do that what I describe as flash movement that looks oh, like they're manipulating no. the models they instead use, of they actual use, yeah. animation. Live, Live 2D is the software that they use for that. It's become it, really popular with VNs. It just looks so cheap. You know what I mean? Mm. I'd rather have still frames. Than to be fair, that. that's because it's very cheap. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I was really looking forward to this for a while. And I like to keep his uh, trip so much. I bought it twice. I bought it on PS3, and then I bought it again on PS4 because it was on sale. And for anyone out there listening, buy it on PS4. Don't buy it on PS3. It's not a bad game. It's just that it's optimized so much better for the PS4. The loading times are much, much better. I was looking forward to exploring all that again, and I don't know what happened. Like, the writing clearly isn't there. You know, the... A story is not interesting. The humor that was in the first game isn't there either. So That's really surprising considering those kind of games are generally made for one very specific audience. And I know. Like, you would always tailor to that audience. Like it's just it's everyone who buys Atlas games buys those games. Like yeah. that's just how it works. Exactly. I'm a part of me is that audience. And you know, there would be humor about the main character in Akiba's trip about how he's an otaku and how, you know, he's lazy and all that stuff. And it landed yeah. like it landed often, like more than I thought it would. And they knew exactly who they were talking to. Yes. And when they were like the kind of like, uh, fan service, moe sections that could have gone creepy, they went humorous. And I was impressed by that because I didn't know what to expect. I'd never played any of those, uh, games from that series before. And this one, it doesn't, like, it just doesn't. It's not there. And that's a real shame. Because I, I hate I hate to, to see a, uh, a developer like that go that way. So I'm hoping there's going to be an Akiba's Trip uh, 3 slash 2. Because what we got was the second one. But in the meantime, I have to say, public service announcement, folks. Don't play Akiba's Beat unless it's free. Okay. I will, I will take that to heart. But Sorry, that play. was like the that was the longest uh, <laughs> what did you play segment ever. <laughs> well, I still have to go. Fuck so, it. Uh, I didn't play anything. I played I played and beat Chrono Trigger finally for you know nice. only, nice. first time only twenty years late, and I played a little bit of the Star Trek game, Star Trek: The Next Generation game for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. <laughs> And huh. it was not Ooh. as good as I remember. And the reason I did that was because I believe yet Friday? Turn, 
30 on Friday. Yeah, it turned 30 on Friday. So I had hey, to watch it. Or I had to play it. Yeah. Hey, congrats. Anyway, well, uh, the Star Trek turned 30, not me. I'm not 30 yet. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm 30 Congrats, in November. Star Trek, hooray. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we're moving on to some stories. It's story time with Reeton and friends. And the first story is the Atari box. Jesus. Oh, God. Um, I was somewhat It's basically interested. exactly what I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah, I was somewhat interested when I heard about this. I'm not very interested in it now. And there's a reason why. So right now, what it's basically, if you read the article, it's going to be an Android box with built-in Atari. No, games. Linux, not Android. Oh, it's I'm sorry. Linux. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It's a Linux box with uh, Atari games built in, and I believe it comes with a. Uh, it comes with paddles, right? Like actual Atari joysticks. I think so. Yeah. Uh, but here's the problem. Here's the kicker. Uh, it's expensive. It's made by it's made by fucking Atari. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's also expensive. Um, yeah. it says it will include a large back catalog of Atari games, and then you can buy more games that aren't very taxing on the hardware. It kind of sounds like an Nvidia Shield, blah blah. Um, but yeah, it's three hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> They yeah. are out of their fucking <laughs> mind. It's like the Ouya, but way more expensive because that work being cheap even works so well for the Ouya. You guys yeah, think Atari good. being out of the hardware game is so long has made them lose their fucking minds? Maybe. <laughs> I, I, I wonder so. who's actually making this. So, well, so as someone who follows a lot of these like weird little console thingies because it's kind of what I'm into with some of my content, I mean, Atari has basically been a a scum company for the last few years the the atari that made games went bankrupt a number of years ago because they were run by idiots and um some it's i think it, i want to say it was italian businessman bought the company and basically all he's doing now is whoring out the atari ip like it, i believe we talked on a previous podcast about the atari speaker hat did we talk about that uh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they're basically doing that, and this Atari box is just, it looks to me like just an attempt, a very late attempt to cash in on this weird craze of, like, retro consoles slash, like, weird multi-purpose TV boxes like the Ouya was before that entire, tr- like, 19 different companies made these little Android boxes, and they all failed miserably. Um and this just looks like their attempt to get in on that. I mean, I, I had as soon as I heard it was announced, I had zero faith that it would be any good because of the company that was behind it. And yeah, three hundred dollars for what is essentially a very—it looks like a very similar idea to a Steam box, which also failed, except doesn't have the software smarts of Valve behind it and costs the same amount or more than some steam boxes did. I just, I, I don't know who they think this device is for or who's going to buy that. Like, okay, a box, you can play a bunch of old Atari games on that. You can emulate on a smartwatch practically these days. And like another development platform when every console and PC can do lo-fi indie games already. And you know, this thing doesn't cost that much more or less than a switch which can do 
all of those lo-fi games plus all the big Nintendo stuff, and it's portable. <laughs> okay, I, I this isn't one of the stories we're going to talk about, um, but I just remembered they're coming out with the Commodore 64 Mini. I saw that. Yeah, they are. They've they've done some projects like that in the past. Other companies have. Um, actually, one of those best, one of the best uh, retro boxes of the uh, of those like thirty and one retro boxes was a Commodore one that came out a number of years ago that you can't buy anymore. Yeah, no four. Uh, that was a great one. It was apparent. Well, it was made by Jerry Ellsworth, who's like a freaking hardware super fiend, and uh, yeah, it was apparently one of the best devices of its kind you could get. Yeah, he built full emulation into it like so well she literally made it a system on a chip it was literally a commodore 64 on a chip yeah yeah it was amazing they still go for quite a bit now they do i've tried to get one and i'm like nope not paying that much (laughs) yeah just buy a commodore 64 yeah (laughs) Yeah, pretty much and uh i like commodore 64 so i might if if the price is right i might actually end up purchasing that it's 70 dollars it looks like Seventy dollars. Uh, it will be available in early 2018 with a price point of seventy dollars. Um, it's half That's the size terrible. of the original version. Will come with sixty-four ha pre-installed uh, games. Uh, it's the games include oh, wow. some of the Nobody games included. This before now, yeah, some of the games included are California games, Speedball Two, Brutal Deluxe, and uh, Paradroid. You can... Oh, Paradroid. Oh, I'm buying the shit out of this. This looks incredible. <laughs> Impossible Mission. Oh, God, you shouldn't have told me about this. Is Mule on there? Uh, Mule should be on here. They have they have a list on their website of all the games that are included. Yeah, the C64.com is the website. Let me see. It's coming with... Uh, doesn't It still doesn't have all of the games. Um, well, a lot of listed. those are hung up in weird, you know, who knows who owns License them. hell. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, Mule is not on here yet, but Impossible. There, there's a whole pile of Epics titles on here, which is a very good, very good start. They was have, Mule EA? No, Mule was. Um, oh, I don't remember. But the the original developer of Mule, actually, his who is long since passed away. Uh, his fa- I do remember reading about this recently. His family actually does own the rights to Mule, hmm. so. It's certainly possible. Probably yeah. easier to do than a lot of other things. They also you can have buy it as a board game now too. Yeah, a tabletop. Yeah. They also have uh, Monty wow. Mole and Nobby the Aardvark. So I mean, yeah, Alley Cat's on here. And oh, I'm totally buying one of these. <laughs> this is the video I have to make. <laughs> yeah, are you going to make an Atari video? Uh, not at 300 bucks. No, if they're willing to send me one or I could buy one from a place where I could return it. No questions asked perhaps, but, uh, I am going to make a SNES classic video. Cause I did manage to pre-order one though. It didn't show up on Friday oh. because Canada post can eat a dick. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. somebody at my work actually, uh, happened to get one. So that was pretty cool. Two people at my work got theirs on Friday and I was like, I hate you people. Yeah. Anyway, uh, today, this week is kind of like weird week apparently for like companies just doing weird things so we have dyson is revealing that it's building a electric car because Di- why not yeah dyson the uh the vacuum people the intake so, will never lose suction yeah <laughs> and it will cost and much like other <laughs> dyson products in my experience it will not be nearly as good as it thinks it is and cost a lot more than it should probably I say this as an owner of a Dyson vacuum. 
fiddle piece so i catch it yes but but here's the thing it's it's got to have like a vacuum built into it or um like places like in the car where you can hook up a hose and vacuum i think that would be good or like hand or like fancy hand dryers yeah Um, yeah. oh the air conditioning in it will be fanless (laughs) (laughs) so uh the, will the will the engine have a see through deck so you could really see everything spinning all at once? That's their big gimmick, right? Yeah, I would yeah. love that. Yeah, it, that would actually be really cool. So no, uh, that'd be the worst for driving. <laughs> how would you do that with an electric car, though? How thick would that plastic need to be? That's true. Yeah. Oh, it would basically just be you know coat upon coat upon coat of resin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what uh, are you driving? Ballistics class. <laughs> so uh, Dyson has also given his company a deadline, promising the car will launch by 2020 and will be a battery electric. Uh, yes, all of these things are exactly how good products come to market. Yes, uh, I assume this must have been getting worked on in a while because if he wants a company that's never made a car to make a car in two years, good effing luck. Yeah, he said the company will spend around two point seven billion dollars on the project. Jesus, that's which, the cost of nearly four of their vacuums. Uh, and it says that's here, a it lot says, of engineers. <laughs> <laughs> it says uh, four hundred workers have already been working on the product for two years. Okay, so there you go. So it'll be about four years of development, which makes sense. But to R&D a car from scratch, to R&D tool and to produce a car from scratch, that's still very ambitious. <laughs> yeah. It's sort of a reverse Stanley Steamer kind of concept, I guess. I don't know what that means. Sorry, the Stanley Steamer, the carpet things? Oh, right, yeah, yeah. Used to be a car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh! Wow. We'll just let that joke die. <laughs> it's just it, go it, into it, your shame. I corner. get it. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, yeah, I tied a into my belt, which was the style at the time. Yes. So uh, yes. let's let's move on from the electric cars and go to Twitter, where we spend all of our time. And <laughs> yes, yes, we have to talk about it. Twitter is upping their limit from 140 characters to 280 characters, which well, they're means... they're thinking about it, or did they confirm they're definitely doing they're, it? They're testing it with a... It's testing it, which means it's going to happen. I hope yeah. it does uh, become- uh, Yeah, because, you know, all the massive problems that Twitter has as a platform, you know, those will, of course, all be solved by doubling yeah. the character limit. Yeah, I can't get rid of those hate groups, but hey, guys. Nope. So I've been... Th- I, you know, I thought... Twitter was stupid when it first came out because Twitter was originally like, from what I understand, they would like text your phone with tweets. That's what it, well, the 140 characters is because it was originally an SMS based service. Yeah. Yeah. And then they. It was also like pretty much meant for intra office communication, wasn't it? Yeah. That's why there's, that's why there's like some uh, words and stuff or some phrases that you can put in there that will kind of break Twitter. I, I don't remember what they do, but there are some things that you can do, and that's why, like, they have hashtags and all that, is because it was just supposed to be like, oh, we can search for this thing, and it will populate, and you could see, like, oh, that's that's what's happening in the office and all that. But yeah. And why it was all, like, really, really sloppily put together from the start. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Slack came in and did that whole inter-office communication thing way better. <laughs> and now, and and now, uh, another thing I read now that you mentioned Slack is that uh, Skype for Business is changing. 
Yeah. Uh, are they going well, back I to Link? We use Skype for business at my work, and yeah, they're going to be eventually be replacing it with Microsoft Teams, which it's might slack. be okay because Skype for business is a burning train wreck, but I don't know. Yeah, so they're... I'm sure our environment will love that. Yeah, they're mm. already changing Skype for Business to Microsoft Teams, which is hilarious. But let's go back to Twitter. 280 mm. characters. I always thought the character limit was kind of... After they, they weeded out the text messaging part, I thought it was stupid that they would keep the 140 characters. Now, I understand having a limit. You don't want something like Twitter to have, you know, 10,000 characters. Well, then it's just Facebook. (laughs) Yeah, then it's just Facebook. But having a limit of 140 characters, it's really hard to express something uh, in 120 characters. So you'll see a bunch of people just, like, doing tweet after tweet after tweet after tweet. And they'll have, like, four or five different tweets. And now that's going to cut down that down to two or three tweets. Wait a minute. That doesn't make it better at all. Um, are, is anyone actually going to take advantage of the 240 character limit on Twitter? I mean, I, I probably will end up doing it, but yeah, not to toot my own horn, but I'm actually pretty solid at getting my tweets at exactly 140 characters. Yeah. So this just means I need to up my game. Honestly, like somebody posted on Twitter that that 140 character limit was the best editor they ever had. Totally. And I'm, I'm inclined to agree because I look at, I'll write out a complete thought or, or a joke, and then I'll think, okay, what don't I need? Or how can I rephrase this? And every time, it's ended up being more concise and tighter, just yeah. by the nature of that limit. I mean, the greatest thing for any, I'm not calling myself or Twitter people artists, but you know the, the old adage is the greatest uh, boon to any artist is limitations, because they're forced to figure out new ways to do things. Yeah, and, and that's, that's, and that's what made Twitter suit. So- uh, I mean, look at the any like any of the old games for like the NES or or Super Nintendo. They have a lot of a lot of limitations that they had what to work around. Commodore sixty four. Um, yeah. Um, look at the Super Nintendo. Nobody they had the they had the limitation of like, oh, we can't do three D graphics. So how are we going to do this? And they found a way by putting a chip inside the cartridge to make it yep. work better. So. Uh, Which fun fact the guys figured that out first figured out on the Game Boy. Really? What game was that? Yeah. X. It was only released in Japan. Oh, but Argonaut Software made it. But that's how they proved to Nintendo that they could do it on the SNES. Yeah. Because Nintendo was like, We don't believe you. And they're like, Okay, give us a second. And they came back and like, here we go, did it on a Game Boy. Yeah, that's that's weird. So they overclocked the Game Boy. There's also um something similar with the Sega Genesis. There was a there was a racing game that used kind of a Super FX chip inside. Virtual of it. racing, yeah. The VF one, the yeah. VF one chip. But there was mm-hmm. also uh, something that you could do, which basically overclocked it. Mm. Uh, if you used a certain pin or something on the original Sega Genesis, and you could kind of overclock it, which is what they used for the uh, two player in Sonic the Hedgehog two. They actually oh, really kick that blast processing into high gear. Yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, even more There's blasting. A couple Genesis games use actually uh, cartridges have brief full motion video in them too. 
Yeah. Uh, Zero Tolerance mm-hmm. is one of them. And I don't know, but they're both Euro titles done by like Amiga dev team, you know, demo scene guys. So you can see how they figured that out. And, and uh, I don't know. I've, I've seen it where it look, it appears as if developers, they have so much freedom now that they weren't able, that they don't have the limitations, so they kind of don't care to optimize their games. They're like, yeah, people will be able to play it anyway. And yeah, it's so, like a lot, of, a lot of modern software development where it's like, everybody has eight gigs of RAM. Who cares? Yeah. And why can, do we have just to brute force past the problem? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why, why do we have to optimize this stuff, Chrome? That takes time, <laughs> God, and money. I did have to explain to somebody the other day that having Chrome with uh, probably just under 100 tabs will certainly slow your machine down. <laughs> yeah, which brings us to Battlefront 2. And so we're talking about some what? Battlefront 2. Gotta specific. have 8 gigs of RAM for Battlefront 2. You do? Uh, I think they recommended more than that. No, well, yeah, yeah. So, so minimum requirements for Battlefront 2 are Windows 7 and up. Uh, an AMD FX sixty three fifty or a i five sixty six hundred K, eight gigs of RAM. Wait, sorry, this is minimum. This is minimum. A, a Skylake minimum. Holy yeah. shit! Okay, uh, well, eight eight gigs of RAM. I'm presuming that this is just like we haven't tested on any other hardware. Yeah, they didn't test on anything less than like two years old. Yeah, um, AMD Radeon seventy eight fifty two gigabyte. Um, a 680, uh, or no, I'm sorry, a 662 gigs, uh, NVIDIA processor, uh, DirectX 10, 11 capable card, online requirements of 512 kilobytes per second. Pretty low. Oh, well, at least yeah. they optimized that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and 15 gigs of hard, hard drive space. 40- That's actually surprisingly That's modest given modern games. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, nice and low. The recommended PC requirements are... Uh, <laughs> PC that doesn't exist yet. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's, so for the operating system, just Windows 10. Okay. No Windows 7 or Windows 8 for the recommended. Well, always, for probably, recommended, they always say the latest OS. Yeah. And also probably DX12 helps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the AMD processor, uh, FX8350 Wraith... I don't okay. know what that is. What? That's uh, like a super. That's like a. Su- that's like a black series or like yeah. an extreme series Intel. Ghost. It's super clocked for the for the processor an Intel Core i seven sixty seven hundred. So that's what I have, which is still that's that's one step up from the other one they recommended. That's yeah. like the i seven instead of the i five. Yeah, uh, 16, hey, that's what I have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sixteen gigs of RAM. Okay. Uh, graphics card they recommend for AMD the RX four eighty four gigabyte. That's not which, bad. Which is a new card, isn't it? It's it's but their new mid range card. It's actually not a very high end card. So. Yeah, and then yeah, for, how the about gra- for the yeah the good video driver. Uh, GTX ten sixty three gigabyte. Yeah, that's actually a weird disparity because the four eighty in terms of general performance, comes in a little bit under the GTX 970, so that they're recommending a 1060 from the NVIDIA side is interesting. Yeah. I mean, 970 and 1060 aren't wildly different. No, they're not super different. No, you're right. And for the DirectX co- compatibility, it's 11.1. 
Uh, same same requirements for online speed and hard drive space of 512 kilobytes per second and 15 gigabytes, respectively. Uh, the game's open beta will kick off on the 6th and runs through the 9th of October. Along those pre-order, uh, along, although those that pre-ordered before September 30th will get access to the beta, the beta two days early. Beta. So it will be October 4th if you pre-order the game. Star Wars Battlefront okay. 2 launches November 17th for uh, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Windows PC. So, those are some high requirements. Somewhat, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I mean... And, I mean, the first one already looked pretty good. It was one of the only things that game had going for it. But... Yeah. Yeah, I did yeah. not care for the first one very much. Yeah, I got no. the no. gameplay. I played the beta for two hours, and then I was like, "Ah, I'm good." <laughs> I, I bought it from uh, from Jerry here, and I didn't play it very much. Nope. So, uh, are any of you excited or going to try out at least the beta? Will any of you download the beta and try that? I almost certainly shot. will be. Uh, this looks like it's more of a return to the actual Battlefront 2. Uh, they're bringing back class combat, whole lot of vehicles. It looks like the flying sections are going to be lit as fuck. I'm excited That's for what it. I want. Yeah, I mean, I hope I hope they've made some big improvements over the last one. But as I understand it, the last one was made fairly quickly too. So if they're getting a chance to blow it out, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll probably yeah, the first the one was a cash grab. The cash grab worked. They got approved yes. for a second one, and now they're listening to what everyone was saying. Yeah. They should have just made Battlefront two again, but or or made Battlefront three, which they apparently had like ninety percent. Developers completed. can't count a three. Don't be silly. <laughs> um, yeah. that is a lie because Super Mario World, I'm sorry, Super Mario Brothers came out and that had a third game. Uh yeah, it's Super Mario Brothers two episode two. <laughs> oh, oh yes, of course, the Phantom Clone. You you know those Japanese with their their crazy naming schemes. That's true. true. That's very true. If there's one thing the Japs can't do, it's count. Uh, hey, they made Final Fantasy the Final Fantasy three. Yeah, there you go. There's some evidence. Look at them trying to fight over Final Fantasy. Fantasy. God, that's the only one though. All of the all of the numbers they couldn't count in the other series got added into Final Fantasy. Yes, exactly. Because uh, yeah. and then they have, but then they still can't count because they're like, we're gonna release Final Fantasy ten two. Yeah, <laughs> guys, we solved the mystery of the great video game deficit. Yep. All the numbers. <laughs> Japan had them all along. All the mathematicians <laughs> in the world they didn't know what to do with them, so out, they just kept releasing more it. games. Nathan's going to have to bleep out everything that I say because I keep using a, a slur for Japanese people. I I haven't heard you say anything. Were you saying Japs? Yeah, Jap. Oh, I don't yeah. care. I, I'm not bleeping I, that out. I know you're uh, racist. Now everyone else does. On the line. Yeah. Everyone knows that a ro- well, at at least you're not you're not um using a a worse racist slur like uh like chink yeah exactly <laughs> like at least you're not using that Rowan no <laughs> hey listen we know that that the, saying such things can make you very successful on YouTube so maybe he's just yeah, you could, yeah he's he's following the PewDiePie formula. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Jontron formula. We're we're announcing today Oroa's run for president. Yeah, I mean, come on. All you have to do is just make fun 
of a country that's worse off than you and you can become president of the United States. Hey, just make fun of your own country while you're at it. It's worth <laughs> fine. Uh, I mean, that's true. We're doing we're doing everything we can to help Puerto Rico, except for actually help Puerto Rico. Yeah, exactly. they just want everything handed to them. Yeah, yeah our fellow Americans, typical Don't be leeches, typical Puerto Ricans. Yeah. Anyway, entertainment politicus. I'm trying yeah, to. St- don't you love when this podcast gets political, Nathan? <laughs> yes, I awesome. love it. It's great. Uh, Trump's a fucking lefty. retard. Anyway. No one, um, no one is more enlightened on politics than we are. <laughs> yes, the Canadian. Um, yeah. <laughs> I alone can fix it. The, the Canadian with his good health insurance and pe- <laughs> like government that isn't terrible. Um, yeah. Fun president. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Can, president. Canada land is not exactly a role model place right now. That no. being said, they are definitely more preferred over the U.S. and a. Oh yeah, I would agree. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. Woman so we're gonna. That was mean. What happened? There's that woman that yelled at the Sikh because she's like, "You want Sharia law?" And everybody's like, "He's a Sikh. He's 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 not Muslim." And she's like, "Sharia law? Why are you instituting Sharia law?" And the dude, to his credit, was just like, "We love you and accept you." And then everybody started chanting that over her yelling, and I was like, <laughs> "Canada, that's so adorable of you." <laughs> Imagine if that happened in the United States, like that. No. Like there was there was a guy who, uh, and, and then we'll we'll end this. But there was a guy. <laughs> A reporter who went up and asked a question of a Republican candidate, and the candidate body slammed him. I remember this. And then got elected. Yep. (laughs) Because America is awful. Um, It wasn't even Jesse Ventura. Like, if Jesse Ventura did that, I'd be like, well, you know, that's his his instinct. And he could do it. He's the body. Well, and, and he could do it safely. Because, he could, yeah. Uh, Jesse, he actually had to quit wrestling because of blood clots. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, one body slamming people. Yeah, and then he became Minnesota's governor. Um, and that's why Predator's great because it's about couple couple of governors defeating an alien in the forest. <laughs> that is of that course. is actually true and sad. <laughs> um, you know, I I, I, I I've thought about it and I was like I. I think I would prefer, uh, you know, Arnold as our uh, as our president, but he can't become president. He's nope. saying some interesting stuff. He's campaigning against gerrymandering right now. Good because like, gerrymandering. I know. Is awful. He was uh, in many ways relatively, f- at least what was considered at the time to be far right when he was governing California. He's kind of turned around on a lot of things. He's, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. He's a progressive conservative, but yeah, you know. no. That used to not be an oxymoron. Those mythical, those mythical creatures. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll vote. I'll change the law, man. I'll vote for that. Yeah, I'll like I was in a Schwarzenegger. Come on, demolition man. One step closer to happening. Yeah, I yep. would. I would be way better with uh, them, or or if Canada wanted to take over the United States. Also okay with that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know if you want that either. Um, yeah, we'd all get a free Rush album. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I call signals. See, this this sounds like a better idea. The more I listen to it, <laughs> it could be our home. We here. have our new platform, gentlemen. Yes, even your and I love their public service announcements, the Canadian Heritage Minutes. Yeah, because when I'm in Buffalo, I tune into the the Toronto stations just for that. 
and yeah. they're they're delightful and they're the so nice. Minutes are pretty rad. Yeah, Aroa just left. I was going to say it sounded like someone just left. Yeah. He got he got upset. Talk about Canada. Roa hates it. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, I'll oh, fuck this. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's, let's go and do some of that, uh, whoring each other. Um, Earl Grey the Third, where can we find you on the interwebs? I can be found at E-A-R-L-G-R-A-Y-T-H-I-R-D. That's Earl Grey Third on Twitter. I can be found on Twitch at St. Aspartame. And I can be found on YouTube slash E-A-R-L-T-H-I-R-D. Just Earl Third. Okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, we it. also have uh, Connor. Connor, where where can we find you? You can find me on uh, Instagram at Satan Oscillate. It's where I do my my music blogging. You know, I I, I don't update it all that often. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at Aroa. It's just at Aroa. Uh, you could find me on YouTube at Aroa underscore one three three seven. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe if you stop by if you like some of my hilarious videos and uh yeah just uh find me on the internet and uh, uh apparently uh we're supposed to hoard uh roa's undertale as well oh is he doing that yeah he said he has a new undertale video coming within a couple days well, yeah nice. you know i feel like he said that before yeah only uh, once. Apparently, yeah. his his screen blue screened. So. Oh, that's that's good. Yeah. Anyway, uh, parallax abstraction. Where can we find you? Uh, yeah. So I'm at uh, YouTube.com/slash PX Abstraction. I'm also on Mixer at Mixer.com/slash PX Abstraction. Uh, I've been streaming a lot more lately. Probably going to keep doing that. Uh, might be uh, starting Prey this week, uh, and probably also uh, trying out Ruiner and Absolver, uh, which should be pretty awesome. Uh, and I have a bunch of more First Impressions videos coming on YouTube pretty soon, I hope. Uh, you can find out about all my media stuff at, at PXA Media on Twitter, or if you want to see my inane ramblings to go along with that, I'm just at PX Abstraction on Twitter as well. And you can find Nathan Reeton Spruth at Reeton Everywhere. I'm Reeton on YouTube. You can also find it under Reeton Entertainment. You can find me on Twitter at Reeton. You can find me on Twitch at Reeton. You can find me at Mixer at Reeton. I have not been streaming uh, as much as Parallax Abstraction. I also am never invited to any of the games he plays because he hates me. So <laughs> this is the Reeton is Hurt cast. That's what we're calling it. Um so find me at Reeton Everywhere. Uh, go to my website, ReetonEntertainment.com. Underneath where the video is playing or you're listening to this on ReetonEntertainment.com or whatever, you can find a link to the iTunes and uh, Google Play store areas where you can subscribe to the podcast or you can just type in Reeton Podcast on your iPhone or Google uh, Android phone. And, and if you, you want can, to find him in person, you can go to 22 Acadia Avenue, Prineville, Oregon. Yes, uh, except for that's not a that's not a street in in Prineville. <laughs> but that was a good try. That was pretty good. Uh, that's the place where we all go. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's that's where they go, and then they they're like, "We're in Prineville, not hanging out with Reeton," and uh, and it makes me sad. Anyway. Uh, yeah, go and subscribe. It'll be downloaded to your, uh, devices whenever it's released every Sunday. Thank you for watching and or listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. Goodbye. Bye.
Go Canada.